0: John chapter 20 and verse 19. And we're going to read to the end of the chapter. On the evening of that day, the first day of the week, the doors being locked where the disciples were for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood among them and said to them, Peace be with you. When he had said this, he showed them his hands and his side. Then the disciples were glad when they saw the Lord. Jesus said to them again, Peace be with you. Amen. We pray that God would bless his word to us. Maybe you've felt before uh, what some people call the Sunday night fear. It's the feeling of dread knowing that the weekend is almost over and it's back to reality the next morning. Hard work begins again, although maybe it feels uh, sometimes that the hard work doesn't stop uh, on the weekend. But it's not a nice feeling when the evening comes and we believe sunday is supposed to be a day of rest but we get to there and and maybe we start to think about what's coming through the week maybe we start to overthink and we start to worry and we may accurately call it the sunday night fear uh this sunday night last week we were seeing resurrection sunday morning and we saw how mary magdalene met jesus well this sunday night what we see uh, is, uh, is the disciples meeting Jesus this first Sunday night. And so as we meet here this morning, uh, we're, we're, we're thinking about a very different Sunday night fear that the disciples had, their, 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 their fear meeting, uh, of the Jews, as we'll see in a moment. So we're just following on the story that we began uh, last week, but it's something uh, a little bit different uh, this uh, this morning. But it is uh, a continuation uh, in a way. We saw at the end of last week, for those who, who maybe weren't there, that um, the, the resurrected Jesus is the one who comes to us. He comes to us and he's the one who rescues us. We would never go to him. In fact, Mary Magdalene didn't even recognize Jesus because she was looking for the wrong thing. But fortunately, what Jesus does is he comes to us and that's exactly what he does for his disciples. And of course, what they experience and what we experience is that lives are changed for the better. So uh, briefly this morning, I want us to think about three things that we can see uh, just in these, uh, in these stories, the disciples and then Thomas, the final disciple, to see Jesus. Uh, first of all, we get peace from Jesus. Second, we have faith in Jesus. And third of all, purpose from Jesus. Or perhaps another way to think about it, we we have peace from Jesus. Uh, That's what we need. We need peace. Second of all, how do we get that peace, faith in Jesus? And third of all, what do we do with that peace, our purpose from Jesus? So first of all, peace from Jesus. And the disciples are fearing. That's what we read in verse 19. Um, Movements. Uh, whether it's political or whatever else, or religious, or, or, that are based on, on one personality, uh, often have the tendency to fall apart shortly after that person dies or uh, is removed from power. You, know, you look through history and that's often uh, what we see, isn't it? The dictator is toppled and their regime ends and a new one comes in. Uh, and the last guy is kind of forgotten about uh, a little bit, or or they want to to, to bury uh, the past. People do matter. Uh, and that was certainly true for these disciples and for Christianity. Christianity is known for one personality, isn't it? It's known for Jesus and the people who follow him. And yet, of course, the, the crucial difference is it hasn't fallen apart. And yet on that Sunday night, there was a very real danger of everything collapsing of the movement petering out, of it being crushed at the beginning. They're, they've they gone to ground. They're, they're hiding. They've locked the doors. They're, they've hidden in fear. And it's kind of understandable, isn't it? Because the, the, they fear the Jews. The ones who have ki- just killed Jesus, well, now uh, the reprisals are going to come and, and the disciples are going to face the same fate, surely. Their leader is gone uh, and the punishment will come. And humanly speaking, it would seem that the movement is dead. The, the, the followers will, will scatter and be arrested and so on. They will dwindle away. And so the disciples are hiding. Fear immobilizes. They are afraid. Fear uh, puts us into hiding, it, it, it stops us from doing anything, it makes us run away. Um, it, it's a daft example, but it, it's still true. If I see a spider, my instant reaction is to freeze because I'm afraid. Uh, and then, as soon as I, I manage to, to get my brain in gear, uh, the next reaction is to remove myself from that situation. Flight seems the sensible choice, and in a far more, uh, the stakes are far higher here. That's exactly what the disciples do. They're 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 frozen in fear, and they've they've run away. They need peace. They they need peace because they are terrified, uh, and perhaps. They're terrified in a different sense. Jesus appears among them. They're in a locked room and he is able just to be there because, well, he's God. Um, uh, 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 and so they're afraid. And, and at this point, it's maybe worth thinking, well, do you need peace? Do we need peace? Is our life stable? We may not be facing the same thing that these disciples are facing, thankfully, although some Christians are in the world. But in many things in life, we have fear. We lack stability. We lack control and security. And perhaps, uh, well, everything that's happened over the last two years just drives that point home. Life seems to be so good for for many parts of our world, at least our part. And then we're in lockdown. And then the the seemingly unthinkable happens that there's war in Europe. And then... The cost of living shoots up and people are afraid. And it's a reminder that we are not in control of this world, that we're the ones that damage this world, that there is a lot of problems and life really isn't that stable. And there are many who are afraid. And in our own individual lives, we can fear so much. We can fear what people might think of us. We can fear ourselves. Running out of money, losing our homes, losing our jobs—we can fear uh, things going wrong with our kids, things going wrong in our marriages, whatever it might be. Life doesn't always feel stable. We are not in control. We often fear whether we can admit it or not. But in every situation, and especially in this one, Jesus comes, and He says, "Peace be with you." What Jesus brings is. Peace to our lives. And that doesn't mean that that everything bad just disappears. Uh, We'll we'll maybe see more of that in a moment. But it does mean that there is peace. And this is exactly what Jesus promised. uh, Earlier in John's Gospel, in chapter 14, he says, "'Peace I leave with you. "'My peace I give to you. "'Not as the world gives do I give to you. "'Do not let your hearts be troubled, "'neither let them be afraid.'" And he goes on to say that they've heard him say he'll go away and come to them and he'll go to the Father uh, after that. And he's telling them all this so that they'll believe. And this is exactly what's happened, isn't it? He, he, He has gone away. He's died for three days. And now he's come to them and he's about to go to the Father. And what he's saying is, this is for your peace. Not as the world gives. Not all the things that the world says, if you have this, your life will be okay. If you have this, you'll be secure. No, he gives a different kind of peace. He gives a peace that comes from Him, from the the Holy Spirit, from being uh, from trusting in Him. Uh, uh, and again, a couple of chapters later, in chapter sixteen, He says, "The hour is coming, indeed it has come, when you will be scattered, each to his own home, and will leave Me alone." It's exactly what what they're in the middle of, isn't it? And Jesus says, "Yet yeah, I am not alone, for the Father is with Me. I have said these things to you, that in Me you may have peace. In the world." You will have tribulation, but take heart, I have overcome the world. You can see the similarity, of course, that they've scattered, they're they're in their home. Jesus is alone, and he was alone on the cross. But Jesus is telling them so that they can have peace. They will have tribulation, but they will also have peace. That's what Jesus is telling them. When he comes and he says, peace be with you, in everything that's wrong in the world, in everything that you face, There is peace. There is something more. Because well, when we have our faith, as we'll see in a moment in in Jesus, well, first of all, we have peace with God. Perhaps these disciples were thinking we did run away. We didn't really stand up for Jesus. We are hiding. Is he going to be very happy with us? Well, Jesus comes and says, Peace be with you. He's saying, You're at peace with me, you're at peace with God. Because Jesus has gone and taken that punishment. He's gone to the cross because well, we, part of the reason we don't have peace in this world is because we're hostile with God because we go against him and his ways uh, we go against his creation we go against other people and we don't have peace with God it's, it's what we call sin but uh, we, what it means is we're not at peace with him and we deserve punishment we deserve judgment but because of Jesus because he says peace be with you We are welcomed as God's people, as his citizens, as his children, as those who belong to him. We have peace with God and we have peace in the world. Again, going back to what we read from John 16, Jesus says, take heart, I've overcome the world. And again, he's not saying that life will be serenity, that life will be ease, that we'll just have everything open up before us uh, and it'll all work out um humanly speaking what he's saying is that there is something more that there is something that remains true outside of us outside of our circumstances something that cannot be taken away from us something that we cannot spend away something that cannot be snatched from us that we have jesus that we have his forgiveness that we have uh, eternal life guaranteed for us These are the things that give us peace, even in the most difficult circumstances. Life may be hard, it probably will be hard, but Jesus proves that he has overcome the world because he died and he rose again, and he showed that he is bigger even than our biggest enemy, death itself. He shows that the world and everything it may throw against us does not have the final word, that it has been overcome because he has risen From the dead. We know the end of the story. We know that this world isn't all that there is, that there is a new creation, that there is hope for each one of us. You know, it's like maybe you've read an intense book and then you flick forward to the last chapter just to make sure it's a happy ending, that it all pans out in the end. Well, that's the perspective that we have because we know that Jesus has risen from the dead, we know that there is a happy ending. That there is hope for this world, that there is hope for us. And it's that perspective that, that will not removing us from difficult times gives us peace in them. And of course, I'm not saying that we'll always feel like that or that it's necessarily easy for us to feel like that. Because if we're honest, we don't feel like that a lot of the time. But it's the reminder that when we look to Jesus, when we know him, when we're trusting in him, we have That peace. And even more, actually, what we're told is the the disciples turn their 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 fear turns to joy. They were glad. And actually, you should translate it, they were rejoicing. Their mourning has turned to joy, as Jesus said it would um, before. He's overcome the world. Their mourning has turned to joy. Because Jesus has returned. And again, maybe that's the challenge for us. Do we have joy in that? Or is our perspective continued fear? Because we're focusing too much on our circumstances. Because we're focusing too much on what's happening around us. Not that these things are unimportant. Don't misunderstand me. But are we keeping Christ at the centre? Are we keeping the hope that he gives to us at the centre? Or are we looking more downwards at our own circumstances our own problems and forgetting that jesus has overcome the world and that in all these things we do have hope again don't misunderstand me it's not to say these things don't matter or that these things aren't real and that we 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 shouldn't have emotion through them and that we shouldn't uh, bring these things to god as the psalms do in prayer but it's also coming and seeing that jesus has been resurrected and he gives us peace and he gives us joy um You know, there is even fear in being a Christian. What will others think? Well, remember, Jesus gives us peace and joy. There's fear, perhaps, in work or wherever, of being singled out as a Christian, being the weird one. And we may suffer even more than that, but there is peace and joy for the Christian. And, of course, in all our circumstances, Jesus is there. And, in fact, he understands all our suffering because he's been on the cross. You know, he showed his disciples the... the 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 holes from the nails the 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 hole in the side from where he was stabbed with the spear And, and when you think about it jesus is resurrected he's perfect okay but he's still got scars and what that tells us is even though jesus is in heaven right now in every single thing that we go through he still bears the scars of his pain he still knows what we face he still understands the pain that we feel we may think of him as distant in heaven but nothing could be further from the truth because he understands our pain he knows it and we're not alone in it he gives us peace in all these things and he understands how we feel what we're going through but he comes to us and says peace be with you Okay, that maybe sounds good, but then how do we get that piece? That's our second point. We need faith in Jesus. We need faith. And if you were to ask the average person on the street what faith is, what do you think they would say? Perhaps if we were to quickly Google it, we would find that one of the definitions is the strong belief in the doctrines of a religion based on spiritual conviction rather than proof. And I don't think many outside the church would disagree with that definition but it's wrong. The other thing I want us to see and understand from this passage is that to get that peace, we need a faith that isn't some sort of blind spiritual conviction. It's not wishful thinking that ignores proof and just expects that, that blind faith. It's so much more. Peace will never come from wishful thinking. Peace will only come from trusting in Jesus. And that brings us to Thomas. He missed Sunday evening uh, and he's highly sceptical. And he says, Uh, in verse 25 that unless he sees the nail marks in the hands and can put his hand in Jesus' side where he was stabbed that he will never believe he's very strong and we call him doubting Thomas but really Thomas is all of us he's a normal guy Uh, and he's like most people who have ever lived and don't look at the people 2,000 years ago and think well they could believe in resurrection because they're gullible fools look at Thomas highly sceptical but again Jesus comes, He comes in the same way, he appears and he says, the same thing, Peace be with you." This time there's a little more. He, he invites Thomas to come and see the scars uh, and even to place his hand in Jesus' side and, and, and says to him, "Do not disbelieve, but believe." And Thomas's response, what is it? It's faith. He believes. He says, "My Lord and my God." His eyes have been opened to who Jesus is. Why? Because the evidence was presented to him, and his faith is based on on seeing Jesus, and that it was indeed Jesus resurrected. And he believed. His faith wasn't wishful thinking. It wasn't just spiritual conviction, whatever that's meant to mean. But he he knew Jesus. He trusted in Jesus for himself, and he saw that Jesus isn't just a man, a good teacher a miracle worker, but that he is God himself. He says, my Lord and my God. He's face to face with God. Uh, uh, And that's how much God values you, me, this whole world, that he came to live amongst us to die and to rise again. Have you seen Jesus for who he is? Have you seen him as Lord and God? Have you seen him as the one who 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 is there? Who who truly did all these things? Who all the evidence points towards? So that faith, getting that peace, it comes from from actually seeing Jesus. And maybe you think, well, he saw, he saw. What what do we have? We don't see Jesus. We don't see the scars. But as with anything, uh, whether it's in court or wherever else, what we have is these accounts. These men, as we noted last week, they went out, and and women as well, they told people what they had seen. And and that's why Jesus says, um, have you believed because you have seen me? Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. And and that was, uh, you know, they were to go out and tell people, what have you seen? You've seen Jesus. And that's how we can believe on that evidence, how we can have faith that isn't blind, that isn't just a spiritual conviction, but is based on the truth. That's what we have. But but faith is more than that. As we as we said to the kids with the story of Blondin, it's so much more. It is a personal trust. It's not a, just a spiritual conviction. It is a personal trust in someone. And it is this faith that drives away that fear and brings peace. We know what it is to trust someone, whether uh, it's in a marriage or with parents or with friends, whatever else. We trust that person. To, to be honest, to be true, to have integrity, whatever else. And, and we have faith in them, not because they've said it, but because we know them. We know them personally and, and, and we love them. And it's the same with Jesus. That faith comes from knowing him and having that real relationship with him. And trust is a key word. You know, Jesus has promised so much. He's promised himself. He's promised eternal life. He's promised the Holy Spirit to, to be with us. And, and the question Uh, Is more than do we believe it happened, but do we trust that Jesus has done this for us? That's faith. It's believing that Jesus is who he claims to be and trusting in that instead of ourselves, instead of anything else. Because nothing else will do. Nothing else will give us the life that we need. Nothing else will give us hope. Nothing else will give us true peace and contentment. Only Jesus can do it. And in fact, this is the whole reason that John has written this book. We read verses 30 and 31. These are written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. This is why it's all written again. Thomas and the other disciples were to go out to John himself to help people so that we can believe the evidence is there. And we can have faith, we can trust in Jesus. Uh, 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 and so the challenge is where is our faith placed where is my faith placed is it really in Jesus or is it in my own efforts my own success my own circumstances being good is my faith in what others think of me and how others around me feel and whatever it might be no faith must be in Christ alone we need him Uh, And we find him in the Bible. We find him there, presented to us. His life, his death, his resurrection. We see his love for us, his promises to us. We see all the evidence of not just what happened, but of who he is. And we place our faith in him. Faith isn't blind. It looks at Jesus. And it's there that we find peace with God. Because he says that we are loved that we are forgiven, that we are cared for, that he will not, um earlier in John's gospel he says he won't he won't drive us away, he won't forsake us, he will never go against us. He he wants what is good for his people. That is who we trust in, that is who gives us peace, and ultimately we have the peace knowing that as he is risen from the dead, we too will rise from the dead and have eternal life. And that is life changing and that's exactly what it would prove to be for these disciples and it brings us on to our third thing that we get a purpose from Jesus in this passage that if we have that peace if we have that faith that brings peace then we can't just sit here we can't just do nothing we have a purpose we need purpose don't we whether it's our family or helping others or a job we, we need a purpose during the day and the Christian life is no different but we don't set the agenda uh, as Jesus gives the Holy Spirit, we read about that, he breathed on them and that was that sign that they're, that they're, being, uh, that they're getting the Holy Spirit and he says, receive the Holy Spirit. Uh, 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 and what he's doing, he's sending them and he sends them as he has been sent. He says, as the Father has sent me, so I am sending you. And so what the purpose of being a Christian is, is to share in the mission of Jesus. We're to do the things that Jesus does, And obviously we can't do everything that Jesus does because we can't die for the sins of many. We can't do the miracles that he did. But what we're to do is to go and, and to give the good news. As Jesus first came and he said, repent and believe in the gospel, the kingdom of God is at hand. We go with that same message. Those of us who believe there is good news for this world. There is peace for this world. There is Jesus for this world. That is what, what Jesus' life is Was for, And the point of Jesus breathing on them and giving them the spirit is we are empowered for this. We do not do it alone. We do not do it on our own wisdom or strength or anything else. We do it by his power. And as we live in Helensboro, that is what we go out with, with his spirit. That is what we do. We go out with that purpose to share. As we go to our, 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 our workplace, we have that purpose in that as well. It's what God does. And... It's about what the church does. Verse twenty-three sounds a bit strange to us. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven. If you withhold forgiveness from any, it is withheld. That sounds confusing. It sounds a bit like a, a Catholic confession, maybe, that you've got to go to to, to the to the church leader and to to, to bear all. We know we go to God to confess our sins. And I, 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 but what Jesus is saying is that. Um, our purpose is to offer the forgiveness that Jesus gives to all who believe in him. And this is what the church is primarily here to do. It's not the only thing the church does if we're following Jesus. We we love others, we show mercy, but it certainly is the main purpose of the church. We are to offer that forgiveness. And anyone who comes, well, they are given that forgiveness. Anyone who rejects, they are not given that forgiveness. And that is the, 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 the dividing line. If we place our faith in Jesus, we are forgiven. If you don't place your faith in Jesus, you're not forgiven. It is as black and white uh, as that we probably don't like things in life to be so black and white most of the time. But at least in that, it is that black and white. And that is what Jesus is saying in verse 23. And so for those of us who believe, do we have that purpose? Do we want to share that good news of forgiveness, of peace with God, of peace in this world you know when we when we have good news if we even have a good new um product we want to share it um because it's so life-changing uh, i remember um my sister bought a water bottle called the chilies and then my brother bought one there's you have to get one you have to get one and then lydia got one you have to get one they're the best it's changed my life i drink so much more water and of course i resist it's like, a water bottle and then I got one and I use it every day because, you know, I, I, and then you tell others about it. And if we can do that with silly things like water bottles, then why, are we, why why can we not do it with the gospel? Because it's much better news. It's the best news in the world that, 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 that we have peace in this world, that God has forgiven us, that there is hope for this world. We need to go and tell others. Uh, as Jesus tells Thomas, those who haven't seen and yet believe, are blessed. We Thomas had that responsibility. The other disciples had that responsibility to tell so that people can believe, so that they can meet with Jesus, so that they can know him. And again, that's the purpose of this book, isn't it? Written down so that we may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the son of God, and that by believing, you may have life in his name. That's what Thomas dedicated his life to. That's what John dedicated his life to. That was their purpose. That was the whole church's purpose, to, to, to bring people to know Jesus. It didn't mean they didn't do other things as well. Don't uh, say that I'm saying we all become uh, full-time evangelists, but in everything that we do, we are evangelizing. In everything that we do, we are sharing the best news that we have. You know, um, think of someone like Paul the Apostle. As he travelled around, he still worked, he made tents, he did all these things. But he shared the gospel. Uh, And as we go around, as we do things to the glory of God, we have this purpose. We are offering the good news. We are offering new life in his name. That is our ultimate purpose. Perhaps not our only purpose, but it is what we are here to do as a church church. And as individuals, that is the the primary thing we're here for. As I said, clearly, Jesus had more that he did. He, he cared for the poor. He went to the sick um, and, and all these things. But the mission he left was going as the Father has sent him. He sends us to and we go out as well. And that cannot be ignored. That has been passed down to us. It wasn't just for these 11 guys to go and do and then that's it. Just Then the world can just go on ticking away. No, this is what he's done. And really what it tells us is how much God, how much Jesus values this world and its people. As he's gone to heaven, he hasn't just left it. He's saying, people matter. This world matters. And the people need to know Jesus, that they need to believe, that they need that good news, that they need that life in his name. that, that, that Jesus is for us that Jesus is for you that simply with faith in him that is all it takes faith in him and not in anything else we will have that peace we will have eternal life we will have everything that we need because Jesus brings us peace because Jesus says peace be with you and he has lived and he has died for us and risen again may God Uh, Bless these thoughts to us.